This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I've got a little I'm sorry what put together for you here. Nicely done by Cam, who is freshly mustachioed in what can only be described as just a horrible display of judgment. You know, here's what I would say. I once wrote a book called Why My Wife Thinks I'm an Idiot. And one of the things that we talk about, that I talked about at length in that book, Cam, was um, was that within a marriage, you know, there are certain instances, there's not a single married woman in America that has not at one time or another picked up the phone, called another woman in her life and said, you're not going to believe what that idiot did now. And this mustache you have is a perfect example of that. Lucky for me, I'm not married. Right. But, but someday you're going to do exactly that. Like you're going to come down looking like that because all men have done this. All men, at some point in your life, you grow facial hair. And if you're going to shave it off, get rid of it, what I actually did was I shaved it down to a goatee. I wanted to see how I would look with a goatee. And I looked terrible, so bad that I didn't need anyone to confirm that I looked terrible. I shaved it off myself without even seeing my wife. This is a true story, actually. When I first grew this beard, I did it it because I was on vacation for a week and just didn't want to shave. And when we came back, on the flight back... From my vacations, they said to me, I kind of like it. You should wear it into work one day. It'll be fun. So I wear it to work one day, and that was when someone made a Twitter feed called Greenie's Beard and whatever it was. It, it, people, it, it became sort of a big deal, so I left it for a while. Then another day comes, and Stay says to me, I think you need to get rid of the beard. So I go upstairs. I shave the beard. I shave it down to a goatee. That looks terrible. So I shave it all off, and I go downstairs, and she says, actually, no, it was better the other way. You should uh, have it back again. Put it back on. And I said, you know, it's not a shirt. I can't just put it back on. So I grew it back and I've never gotten rid of it. In your case, you shaved it down to a mustache and you had no one there to tell you under no circumstances should you allow anyone outside of your home to see you. This is where you really need a wife because you need someone to tell you when uh, you need someone to point out for you the error of your ways. And so uh, unfortunately, that someone is going to have to be me. You look ridiculous. You're actually a good-looking kid. You look like Thanks. an you look like an idiot. I, mean, I don't I don't even know what to say. You look you look you have gone from like a good-looking kid to just looking completely ridiculous. <laughs> That's fine. I, you know, we go we all through, go through phases in life. This no, is like no, a four, this is, this not is like a, a phase. Four, this is like a four-day phase. I'll probably shave it tomorrow. This is a I, bad I will decision. say I yeah. posted a you know a picture from the wedding, a couple pictures from the wedding on Instagram. A couple people were uh, were in favor of it. So you know, it's what not people. A, uh, probably bad influences, but uh, at least some people. I mean, can I have the name of one of those people? Uh, not Bubba. I don't think you know any of them. They're just friends from uh, college. Okay. Evan, Evan, you know Evan. Understood. Uh, our, 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 okay. I'm just going to leave that there for the moment because I don't, <laughs> don't want to delve too deeply into your private life and all of that. But I, I would say uh, right now those friends are steering you wrong. They, they are, they are, they are, they are right now. They have, maybe one of them has made a bet on how long he can convince you to leave it, um, and is trying to win that bet. But just as take it from one who has your best interest at heart. 
you need to lose that thing yesterday. Gotcha. All right, having said that, there's a bunch of different sound bites that I've got here that Cam did a very nice job of putting up on the screen. And the first of them is from Kevin Durant. Now, the Nets trading away everybody, and I, I just was mentioning before the rest of the country joined us that the Nets have worked out a contract extension with their coach, Jacques Vaughn. So he's going to be in place now for several more years. They're going to try and build you know, with, around this nucleus they have with Mikhail Bridges and everything else in this post-KD and Kyrie era. And I saw that there was a lot of attention paid to what those two guys, KD and Kyrie, said about it all at the All-Star break. In case anyone didn't hear it, here was KD. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the, 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 the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So... Um, I think it's great for the league, to be honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, uh, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leave a free agency or demand a trade, it's just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game. That is so interesting. We have to stop and we have to dive into this. There was a time a long time ago when I thought that player movement, the frequency and somewhat, um, what's the word? Like the, the, the disorganized nature of player movement in the NBA was going to be very detrimental to the league. And I said so on the old show, on Mike and Mike, many times. And I have subsequently told Adam Silver and many others, and I will tell you right now, as I have before, I was wrong. Dead wrong. Part of what KD is saying is right. There is no question that superstar movement has brought more attention to the league. People are not turned off by it. There is all kinds of data that suggests that NBA fans love the drama. I'll give you a little tiny unscientific research, Bubba. Kevin Durant was traded on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday uh, or a Wednesday night into a Thursday, one of those two, two weeks ago. He got traded like 1 o'clock in the morning. We came on to do Get Up at 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. That, we did nothing but KD talk for two hours because people were just waking up and getting this news. You want to know, Bubba, that that was one of the highest rated shows we've ever done. Really? One of the highest rated days Get Up has ever had NBA fans are way into the drama and to give you a, I'll give you another example this is my own unscientific research the day before LeBron James had just broken the all-time scoring record and we basically went wall to wall so back-to-back days get up was almost exclusively basketball which we don't usually do we're a foot very football heavy show so but we were exclusively basketball both days the first day was LeBron breaking the scoring record the biggest record the most significant record in the sport being broken by the sport's biggest star. And the rating that day was just totally normal. Not higher or lower than we would otherwise have expected it to be. It was just a normal day. The next day, Kevin Durant had been traded. And the rating went through the roof. And so I said that is my own, and I said this to multiple people that, that you know that cover the NBA with me here at ESPN. The, the NBA fan loves the drama. They love the soap opera. They do. So as much as it may gall some people to see 
someone like Kevin Durant and Kyrie and all of them forcing their way out of situations, there is a sort of an unprofessional element to it, or at least that's the way it feels. I do not think the net effect on the league is negative. I think he's right when he says that. I think that there will be enormous excitement surrounding Phoenix in this year's playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are not an historically great franchise. They're not a founding franchise. They're not the Lakers. They're not the Celtics. They're not the, you know, one of these franchises that people are, that has a huge fan base everywhere you go. I think they will be a huge draw in the playoffs this year because of this trade and because of the star power, of course, of Durant. So I, I do think that on some level he's right. The question, Bubba, is are there still elements of it that are bad? I mean, obviously, if you're the Nets, it's bad. If you're the Suns, it's good. If you're a Net fan, it's bad. If you're a Suns fan, it's good. So in that regard, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a net uh, neutral. But the idea that players can force themselves out, and however disruptive that is, is there a bad side to this that counteracts the additional fan interest in the drama? Like, if you wanted to argue against KD saying, you know what, the truth is this is kind of good for the league, Bubba, how would you argue against it? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's 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 mainly going to be probably just strictly from a traditionalist type of view and the the fans of the small market, I would think. That's really all you can do because I would agree from a marketing standpoint, a social media standpoint, all the things he listed, I would tend to agree with him. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about him all the time because of the moves they make. But if you're talking about the teams that lose these people because of the moves or a traditional fan who wants to see people stay on their teams, those are the people that are going are gonna to be upset by these moves. But small market is also a complicated issue because the Brooklyn Nets are not the New York Knicks. But, I mean, their market is New York City. Sure, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily consider them a small market. No, that's what I mean. And the borough of Brooklyn, the borough of Brooklyn, has, I don't know what the population of the city of Phoenix is. I guarantee you it is way smaller than the borough of Brooklyn. If the borough of Brooklyn was its own city, I think it would be the fourth biggest city in America. So the borough of Brooklyn is in and of itself a major market. Now, the Nets have not always operated that way because they've been the second team in this city behind the New York Knicks. But, you know, he so this isn't even that I, I know that, you know, that. But I just think it's worth pointing that out uh, again. And the big market piece of this, I mean, the Knicks never get one of these guys. Right. Yeah. So that's the biggest market there is. And the Knicks never get. Them. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I mean, it's, if anything, I think it's more than just the old the older ish fans will be more turned off. Right. By it, which I think is just going to do to happen no matter what. So if the younger fans, and we, we hear about this all the time, younger fans tend to be fans of just individual players because they're not fans of teams. So they're going to be fans of Durant wherever he goes, Warriors, Nets, Suns, wherever he bounces around. I'm a Durant fan wherever he goes. Then it really won't be much of a problem because as these younger fans get older, they're still going to love it. But I think the older fans are not going to enjoy it, but – you know they're going to be you know they're going to be less and less of these older fans as we go. I, I think that's that's probably the, the, the biggest issue people probably have would be the older, like I said, traditional fans. That's the people who probably disagree with Durant more than anyone. I think that's right. And but I think at the end of the day, because I'm sort of somewhere in the middle, I find the whole thing a tad galling. But he's right. At the end of the day, he's right. So I know a lot of people were mad when he said it. It's kind of hard to argue when the man is right. Coming up next, I'll give you my top five NBA title contenders. I think there are five that stand alone above the crowd, and I'll tell you who they are right after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Oh, yeah, this is my jam. Greeny with you, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is Curtis Blow. Uh, I am not in the studio uh, where this music is emanating from, so I'm not going to rap along with it, but I do know every word to this song, as did everyone my age uh, once upon a time. And uh, and so basketball is the topic of conversation here. Uh, but you know what we haven't done in a long time, guys? We haven't done a green list. So I've put together my own green list today. My top five, this is a green list, so it is a top five, this, that, or the other, as chosen by me, exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And I'm going to name for you now my top five contenders to win the NBA championship this year as the host of NBA Countdown and one who has watched more basketball this season than any other in my life. And it has always been my favorite sport. I'm going to tell you right now the top five candidates to win the NBA championship this year. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, five was the hardest. The hardest I had, the hardest time I had was deciding who I was going to put at number five. Number five. Because there are two choices. I can think of six teams that I can see winning the championship this year. And so I was trying to decide which one I would put at five and which one I'd leave off the list. And ultimately... I left off the defending champs. I left off the Warriors, and that was tough to do because I think writing them off is a mistake. I know Barkley was giving Draymond the business over the weekend and saying, oh, you guys are done, you're cooked, whatever term he used. I don't think that's right. I think when they're all healthy, 
I, I think you have to at least give them the puncher's chance that their ability to shoot and that their um, all of their experience and their championship medal, that all that adds up to. But at the end of the day, if you're asking me right now, would I bet on that? My answer, unfortunately, is no. I have so much respect for Steph and for Clay and for Steve Kerr and all those guys, but I just don't see it. I, I, I just don't see any way they figure out a way to make this thing happen and make that kind of deep run. Three, win three tough playoff series? Which they would have to do because they're not making, they're not climbing up into the top two or three in the Western Conference. I just don't see it happening. So at number five, I put the Denver Nuggets. I just think their season has been too good, and their center is just too good to discount. Like to make any list of teams you could see winning the championship and not include the Nuggets, despite how little championship pedigree they have. They've done so little in the playoffs, comparatively speaking. They made that one run the year in the bubble. But Jokic is so special, and the team is so good. They get no, they get less attention per capita than any other really good team in the NBA. And I understand why. They don't have the kind of really recognized, as good as Jokic is. He's a two-time MVP who's probably having his best year. But as great as he is, they still get less attention than anybody else who might even be considered on this list. I think it would be disrespectful to them not to have it. So if you're going to put together a list of teams you could see winning the championship, they're on it. They're at number five. Number four. At four, I have the Clippers, and I think the Clippers are a team that is going to have to be reckoned with. We have seen Kawhi do this before with less. I really don't know what to make of the addition of Russell Westbrook. He will be there. I think they're going to get that thing done at, as soon as immediately. I'm not exactly sure what that does. I don't think it's a net negative um, the way it turned out to be with the Lakers. But Kawhi and Paul George, that combination with Ty Lue as coach, when they start playing every day and they start getting the, ramping that thing up, which I think they will do now, I think you ignore them at your own peril. I, I think of all the teams in the West besides the obvious one, I think they're the most dangerous. If you ask me right now, where do I think we will be for the Western Conference Finals this year? I think we will be traveling back and forth between Phoenix and Los Angeles because I think it'll be the Suns. And at number four, I have the Clippers. Number three. At three, I have the Celtics. And I know that that is going to be unpopular. A lot of people have them at number one, and they have been the best team in the NBA this year. But I still think they have an Achilles heel or two, and I think there are two teams I like better. And one of them is very much dependent on health, and I'll get to them as we continue. But the Celtics are great. So to say they're third, they're so good that it's going to sound like I'm disrespecting them or I'm underselling them. The Celtics are outstanding. Tatum is a legit MVP contender who we saw carry them. He had his moment in game six on the road last year at Milwaukee with his team facing elimination. He had that monster game that tells you he's got that in him. He's special in every way. And his number two is Jalen Brown, who's as good a number two as there is in the sport. I love him. They have added depth. Um, they seem to be very happy with their coach situation. I thought Udoka was an elite coach last year, and I thought he was a difference-making reason why they got to the final last year. They do not seem to have missed a beat. Let's see, situationally, late game in a playoff situation, if they wind up missing the coaching. Udoka was really a defensive specialist. That team will be fine on the defensive end. So I think that they're a fascinating team 
It would not surprise me in the slightest if they wind up winning, but I have to put them at number three. Number two. At number two, I'm putting the Suns. We haven't seen it yet. So until you see it, I guess you never know what it's going to look like. But how could it look? I mean, if you've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on your team, but DeAndre Ayton protecting the rim and Chris Paul distributing, I I don't know how anybody beats them. The big concern I have for them is Paul's health. Chris Paul gets hurt in the playoffs so often. I was about to say every year. It isn't quite every year, but he's going to have to get through all those series. This is not going to be an easy walk through it. The West is deep. You're going to have to beat a bunch of good teams to get there. You're going to need to play 20 games to get to the final, something like that. So you're going to need to see Chris Paul stay healthy for the duration, I think, for, for them to get this thing done. If he does, I think they're the team to beat. I, I, I really struggled not putting them at number one overall in all this because I love their coach, too, and Monty Williams. The one question mark you have is Chris Paul's health, and the other question mark you have is just that they've never played together. That has to mean something. But I remember when the Houston Rockets, who I believe were a six seed that year, went out and got Clyde Drexler some at some point during the regular season in 1995, and they rode that to an NBA championship. And I could easily see the Suns doing the same. So the Suns I put at number two. Number one. Behind only the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have the Bucks number one, and it is with the ultimate caveat. You can lose the music on this if you want, Cam. To, to me, the caveat is Chris Middleton's health. And here's a sentence that I absolutely never would have thought I would say. And, and, and hold on, let, let me not get ahead of myself. Giannis has to be fine. Giannis has a wrist. Right now, it's not quite certain how long he's going to be gone. He needs to be 100% fine. Resting his legs right this minute might actually be a good thing for them in the long run. So if his wrist isn't fine, then they could get knocked out in the first round. So forget about that. Pending Giannis's health it goes without saying. But then beyond that, I believe they would have won the NBA championship last year if they had a healthy Chris Middleton. They took the Celtics seven games without Middleton. I never would have thought I'd hear myself say the sentence, Chris Middleton is the most important player going into the NBA playoffs, but I think he is. They've been extremely cautious with him, or at minimum, they certainly haven't rushed him back. He's barely played all year. If Middleton is healthy, Holiday, they have the best player. There are a lot of terrific players in the NBA. You just go through the names, the teams we've just named. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic. Throw in anyone else you want. The best player in the league right now is Giannis. So in any game, they have the best player. I don't mean historically, but at this moment in time, Giannis is the best player. So that means a lot in the NBA. But he needs the help. He needs his guy to be healthy. If Chris Middleton is healthy enough to be at most of his best, I like the Bucks to win the championship. So that's my green list of my top five NBA title contenders. Five, Denver. Four, the Clippers. Three, the Celtics. Two is Phoenix. And one, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see what the hashtag crew thinks of that, plus sneaky huge day in the NFL. We'll get to the bottom of it after this word from ZipRecruiter. What's one of the biggest hiring challenges in 2023? Standing out to top talent. 
So how can you break through the clutter and attract the most qualified candidates for your business? With ZipRecruiter, technology that sends you great candidates for your job, and you can send a personal invite to your top choices. So that helps you stand out. Get your job noticed by the best and brightest candidates with ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. We're back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio as we uh, roll along. Special guest a couple of minutes away, which should be fun, a little bit of a, a departure. But quickly, let me hear from Bubba. I just gave you my top five, my green list for the uh, top five NBA title contenders for this year. For those just joining us, I've got Denver at five, the Clippers at four, the Celtics at three, Phoenix at two, and Milwaukee, assuming they are healthy, at one. I think the Bucks are the best team, and Giannis is the best player if they're all there and ready to go at the finish. What do you think of that, Bubba? I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. I, think the, I mean, the Bucks have been playing great as of late, and yeah, I think if, if Giannis is there which I think is will be the if. If he is there, I think they have to be number one. I think that makes sense to me. He's got to be there, and Chris Middleton's got to be there. I'm, I'm including Giannis as a given. I mean, he's got right. something with his wrist. Everyone has to be there, yeah. If he's hurt, then forget it. Sure, I mean, yeah, if, 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 if Giannis is hurt, he's, they're getting out in the first round. He, he's the best player. It's actually another interesting one. You know, write this down. We should do this separately. You know who gave me this idea was Woj. Mm-hmm. He and J.J. Redick love to do this. So, you know, Michael Wilbon's got the broken foot. So uh, Woj has been, uh, I mean, uh, JJ has been in on countdown with us a couple of nights until Michael Wilbon is able to start traveling again, which I think will be soon. But anyway, we're sitting around watching games one night last week after countdown and Woj and JJ get into a conversation about who are the players in the league. If you could, if you could get Victor Wembanyama, if you could get the number one pick in the draft, who wouldn't you trade for that? Name the players you wouldn't trade 
to get this player who is perceived by most to be the best prospect the league has had since LeBron. So, I mean, the, the, there are no words to describe how crazy everybody is about this kid, Victor Wembanyama. So who are the players? Because in this case, you have to take into account age. You would trade LeBron for him. You would trade Kevin Durant for him because these guys are in their 30s and the kid, I think, is 21. Uh, he might actually even be less than that. Who are the players in the league that you would not trade for him? Giannis is one of them. He's one of very few. Would you trade John Morant for him? Would you trade Luca for him? Who would you not be willing? Would you trade Devin Booker for him? Would you trade Jason Tatum for him? It's a fascinating little question, isn't it? Like, just this kid, if this kid is going to be that good, how many NBA players are there that are, are so good that you would not trade them for that kid? It's a fun game to play. We can do it on the air one day. No, I think it's a good question. Could be, could be a good green list, perhaps. It could be a good green list. Could, could, that's the question is, we probably could come up with five. I'm not sure we could come up with ten. Jokic? Embiid? Would you trade those guys for him? Kyrie? Probably not. Morant? Like, I, I think most of these guys, the answer is yes. You trade them for, for the rights to draft Victor Wembanyama. I think people think that that kid is going to be that good. All right, let me do a couple of other things here before we uh, run along to our, our special guest for today. Um, I want to mention again, just very quickly, my endless and eternal thanks for your support of this new book project that Hembo and I have coming up. Um, this is my first ever sports book, and the reaction has been overwhelming. I mentioned last week once, I, I mentioned it one time, that on Barnes & Noble's website right now, which is at barnesandnoble.com, if you go to the book's webpage, which is, the book is called Got Your Number, the author is me, if you go to that page, you can order an autographed copy. I literally mentioned that on the air one time. The book went up to number five on their bestseller list, just on, on, the, on the strength of that mention. That's just you being with me all these years and supporting this project of mine. Again, it's my first sports book, and I'm so gratified, and I'm so excited for you to see it because I think it is going to, um, I think it is going to engender a great deal of debate and conversation. But anyway, if you would like to order it, those autograph copies are going very, very fast. There are not many left. So if you want to order it, if you want to pre-order it, if you think you would like to have it or someone you know would like to have it, then I would order it now. If you would, it would also help me enormously with the pre-ordering because that is what convinces the publisher that they need to print more. So you can either just go to Barnes & Noble's website or you can go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. Pinned to the top of my page is the link. You can order it right there easy as can possibly be. The book will be shipped on April 4th when it becomes available. You can get the autographed copy. And again, my endless thanks. Um, uh, the book is called, again, it's called Got Your Number. The author is me. And it will be your guide to settling pretty much 100 sports debates that you can involve yourself in for the rest of your life. That said, let me give you some takes. Greenies Takes. All right, I got my five top takes on the franchise tag window opening today. NFL franchise tag window has never been as significant in any season that I can remember as it is this year right now. Very much worth paying attention to. Here are my top five takes. Number five. The Jets should not sign Derek Carr. I believe that between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo and others, there will be better options. I would not put all my eggs in the Derek Carr basket and take yourself out of contention right now. Number four. One of the biggest reasons for that is that everything I hear is that Green Bay wants to move on from Rodgers. 
that when he comes out of this dark room, if he tells them he wants to continue playing, they are going to be motivated to help him find a trade to a new place to play. I believe the Packers are ready to rip off that Band-Aid and give the ball to Jordan Love. The Jets and all these other teams that are in the sweepstakes for a quarterback, if they want Carr, I believe he's going to become available. Number three. The Giants should sign Daniel Jones and tag Saquon Barkley. Uh, it, it is a terrible shame, but I would never give a running back a long-term contract. Look what happened with Zeke Elliott. This is just not good business. He was the second pick in the draft. He's had five years. I would give him, I would tag him, maybe make, you know, throw him like a Derrick Henry kind of deal, but I would not do a long-term deal with him. And you cannot let Daniel Jones walk out the door. You cannot. So if I'm the Giants, I think you have to sign Daniel Jones and tag Saquon Barkley. My top five takes on this the day the franchise tag window opens. Number two. Uh, The Bears would be crazy to trade Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to be a star. I think he has a chance to be the next Jalen Hurts, the next Josh Allen. I think that the growth in him from this year to next has the chance to be extraordinary. I wouldn't even think about trading him. Trade the first pick in the draft. Get anything and everything you can for it. Put a real team around that kid and watch him blossom. I think that Justin Fields is about to be a big star. Number one. And then finally, I believe that Lamar Jackson has played his last game in Baltimore. I think he is going to die on that hill, if you will, of a guaranteed contract. And I don't think the Ravens are going there. I think they will franchise tag him and we will become intimately connected to a new phrase in football called tag and trade. You know, in the NBA, they sign and trade. I think that we will tag and trade. They will tag and trade Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore. I think he has played his last game as a Raven. That is my, those are my top five takes on this, the day that NFL franchise tag window opens. It's going to be a really interesting little run here. Again, the window stays open till March 7th. So teams will do their wheeling and dealing. Don't expect to see all these announcements coming today. But over the next, whatever that is, 10 days, these, those decisions get made. Fascinating to see the repercussions of them that trickle down everywhere. Then free agency begins in earnest a week after that. Derek Carr is among those who could sign anywhere he wants between now and then. His brother did an interview with NFL Network, his brother David, who once upon a time was the first pick in the draft. And he said that he thinks this is a process that's going to take a little time to play out, which Mike Tannenbaum told us this morning is another way of saying he isn't getting the offer he wants yet. So he needs to start playing some teams against each other. He had a good lunch with the Jets, but the Jets aren't, that's not going to be the only meal they take. I think they view Lamar Jackson as dinner and Aaron Rodgers as dinner. So I think they would rather have, <laughs> have dinner than lunch in this circumstance. So we'll see how all of that winds up going. All right, one more piece of business today. I am so delighted to welcome a special guest to our program. He has been for years the CEO of MS Communications. And if you are a fan of sports and sports on the radio in particular, you may not know it, but he changed your life. His name is Jeff Smullian. He founded MS Broadcasting in 1980. In 1987, he switched WHN, which was a radio station and frequency in New York City, to WFAN. In New York, the first all sports radio station in America, which changed the world of sports as we know it and forever changed the lives of lots of lots of people, including me. By the way, in 1989, he also purchased the Seattle Mariners and he is the author of a new book, which is available now. It is called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, the Ups, Downs and Reinvention of an Entrepreneur 
Again, the author is my friend Jeff Smullyan, who joins us for a moment here on ESPN Radio. Jeff, congratulations on this. How are you today? I'm great, Greedy. Good talking to you. How are you? Good to talk to you, and I've been great as well. Give everyone a sense of the book here, because this is it's for sports fans and beyond, because it is a book about business. Yeah, it's just about all the crazy things that an entrepreneur does. I have a favorite saying in life, the line between being a genius and an idiot is very fine. I've been on both sides. So there's one chapter called uh, Idiot to Genius, which is the birth of WFAN, which nobody wanted to do. And it was called, Jim Lampley called it the Vietnam War of Emmas. It was called Smullyan's Folly. And then one day um, it took off. Uh, we added Don Imus. We added uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. Um, and it took off. So I went from idiot to genius. And then right after that, I bought the Seattle Mariners, where I was kind of the boy wonder out there. And then when the franchise didn't work, I went from genius to idiot. So that's pretty much. And it's just a lot of crazy stories. I think the thing that's been most gratifying is people who read it seem to laugh a lot and uh, and learn some things about what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Any of us in any walk of life have straddled that line, the, the line between idiot and genius many times. But obviously the creation um, of WFAN is fascinating for someone like me who has made my entire life in this industry. Did you have any sense of what it was going to become, not just for that station, but the phenomenon that Sports Talk Radio would ultimately become? Not at all. Uh, and I'll tell you one quick story. It, it really did change everything. And when I got into baseball, a couple of my friends said, you know, it changed our lives because it used to be if somebody wrote a bad column in the newspaper, um, you got ripped, you put the paper down at eight in the morning, you were done. But with all sports radio, you, you talked about all the things that owners and players and managers and all the mistakes they made, and you could end up getting ripped 24-7. And I had a dear friend who was remained nameless, who was another owner who was in Seattle one day, and he heard the sports talk station ripping me as the owner of the Mariners. And he said, you know, I'm not really a religious guy, but the fact that the guy who invented the format that ruined all of our lives <laughs> is now an owner and is getting ripped, proves to me there's a God. You know. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that, look, I get it. And I was there. So in Chicago, they started the first all sports radio station in 92. And I was an original member right. of that WSCR. They call themselves the score. They're still there in Chicago. Right. And, and, um, and what I remember about it was the way it ch- completely changed the dynamic. To your point, the preeminent sports voices in town had always been the columnists uh, in the right. newspapers. Suddenly, the hosts and every right. fan had a voice and that was something i'm sure people inside the industry weren't comfortable with but it completely changed the way and in its own way it was really the predecessor to social media as we know it now yeah it really was you know somebody said you know i i made a decision on who i'm going to pitch and joe from secaucus called and said i'm an idiot and Mm -hmm. uh, and if and and if his pitcher lost the game joe from secaucus was right Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. The the ability to dive into all of that stuff. And so what's the next thing? People always, you're an entrepreneur. I always tell my kids that if you have a great talent for something, like in my business, those of us who can do this business, you can make a lot of money. But if you figure out what's next in this business, then you can become a billionaire. What's next? What don't we have in life, Jeff, that we need? Well, you know, what's interesting is I think, number one, the content, if it matters to people, there will always be a place for it. The biggest problem, Greeny, is that some of the new things, podcasting and streaming, are great 
great you know, devices for consumers, but they haven't shown that economically they're very viable. Mm-hmm. And there are a few podcasts that make money. Uh, nobody in streaming audio has made a lot of money. You know, we, we look at Spotify and they keep losing money and, and just about everybody else who does it, same problem. Um, now you're seeing the same thing with streaming video, where Walt Disney, when I wrote the book, I said Walt Disney was projecting $5 billion in losses in, in Disney Plus over six years, and in one quarter they lost almost $2 billion. So nobody's really cracked the code of what's next, other than, you know, probably TikTok if you're the Chinese government. Mm. Jeff Smolian, again, the book is called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, The Ups, Downs, and Reinvention of an Entrepreneur. It is available now. Jeff, Thank you very much for the time. Continued success, and I'm sure that we will see each other down the road. Thanks. That's great. Thanks, Greedy. Thanks. Right. Take care. Thanks. Jeff Simoleon. Again, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, anyone who has a career in any – it doesn't really matter. I mean, he is an entrepreneur. <clears throat> I've been a broadcaster. Whatever it is, anything you do for long enough, you're going to go through periods where people think you're an idiot – and people think you're a genius. In my case, maybe not quite to the level of genius, um, but um, where people think you've got it exactly right and people think you've got it exactly wrong. And the truth is, for all people, we always get some stuff right and some stuff wrong. We've become far too afraid sometimes to make mistakes because of a little bit of the glare. So I'm glad someone points it out that that line is not one you stay on one side of forever. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.